Hola, friends. Welcome to another episode of The Genius Life. I'm your host, Max Lugavere, a filmmaker, health and science journalist, and the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Genius Foods. On this episode of the show, I'm super excited to introduce you to my good friend, Emily Morse. Emily is a doctor of human sexuality and the author of the book, Hot Sex, Over 200 Things You Can Try Tonight, which I highly recommend picking up. She's the host of the long-running podcast, Sex with Emily, which I had the pleasure of being on just a couple of months ago, which is now also available on Sirius XM along with wherever you get your podcasts. I'm super excited for this episode of the show where we go in deep. That's right. The next hour is all about sex. Over the course of our conversation, you're going to discover the mindset shifts that Emily said took her sexual experiences from eh to whoa. The ins and outs of porn and why masturbation is a form of medicine. Crucial tactics that couples can use to spice it up in the bedroom. How to bring up to your significant other the things that you want to try, even if you may be a little shy about it. And the lifestyle factors that support optimal sexual performances, along with those that detract from it. Plus, Emily is going to share with you what to look out for when buying lube. We're all adults here on The Genius Life, so I have no doubt that you are going to glean a lot from this episode. I really enjoyed having this chat with Emily. She's brilliant, and I'm excited to uh, introduce her to you. But before we get to that, I want to give a shout out to the sponsor of this episode of the show, and that is Four Sigmatic. I love the coffee that my friends at Four Sigmatic make. Um, They are all premium instant coffees that are organic and infused with medicinal mushrooms. I tend to reach for their lion's mane infused coffees when I'm craving a little bit of extra focus, which, um, you know, there's not a lot of data to support uh, the claim, but there is some, and subjectively, um, I do feel that they give me a little bit of an extra sort of uh, clarity without the jitters that I sometimes get when I, you know, drink too much caffeine, which can, which I can sometimes do. I also really dig their cordyceps infused coffee. Cordyceps, many people consider to be sort of an energizing medicinal mushroom. Um, great to take before a workout. I am a fan of their products and you should go and check them out. They are awesome. And if you want to give anything that they sell a try, you can go to foursigmatic.com slash max or use promo code max, and you will get to save 15% off of everything on their website. They have a line of plant-based protein powders. They um, have some hot cocoa mixes, really good stuff. Again, foursigmatic.com slash max or promo code max, and you'll get to save a whopping 15% off of everything in their online store. Now, before we get into the chat with Emily, which I know you guys are um, excited for, I would be too, uh, please take a moment to support The Genius Life by spreading the word about it. You can do that by posting a screen grab on your Instagram stories, telling your friends to tune in and subscribe. Um, That would really mean the world to me. And if there's anything that you think that I can do to improve this show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. Or even if you just love The Genius Life, let me know by leaving a little note on the iTunes page. It helps the show rise up the ranks and, of course, draw new listeners. And then finally, if you guys really want to make sure that you're living The Genius Life, well, then join my newsletter at maxlugavere.com. All you got to do is go to maxlugavere.com and enter your first and last name, and you will be on my newsletter, which I send out about once a week. Sometimes once every other week, um, but every email is handwritten by me and designed to enhance your life in at least one way, whether it's a product that I'm really digging, an exclusive discount, a book that I think you ought to know about, um, or uh, cutting-edge science that I think has the potential to improve um, your life. You can opt out at any time, but again, um, thousands of people are benefiting from the emails that I send out, and you should be as well. All right, guys. Um, that's enough from me. I'm excited to dive headfirst into the 
uh, World of Sex and Sexuality with Mrs. Emily Morris. Again, you can pick up our book. It's called Hot Sex, available wherever you buy books. And yeah, let's rock. So cool to have you here. Thanks for, uh, for joining me. Oh, I'm excited to be here with you. We're going to talk about sex on this episode. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Man. Yeah, how about that? I don't think we've... I've Genius talked. of you. Yes. Because everyone has sex or wants to or thinks about it or even with themselves. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. So I think, I mean, we, you've written all these awesome books. You lecture around the world. You have, you've done radio for like a number of years, mm-hmm. right? So Podcasting and radio. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there's like a million different topics that we can cover mm-hmm. within the umbrella of, of sex. But I mean... First off, why don't we start with like how you came to be such an expert, why this is something that matters so much to you. It matters so much to me because sex education, in America at least, is abysmal. And I didn't have any. Like I barely knew anything. And come to find out, that's a pretty common experience. And then I realized at one point that I was not... I felt like there was a lot more to sex than I was experiencing. I was like, doesn't seem that great. It's okay. Maybe it's me. Like I'm an overachiever. So I was like, I could learn more. Maybe, you know, partially it's my fault. But I just thought people would say like, oh, I had amazing sex last night, Emily. It was so awesome. And I was like, well, what do you mean? I was always curious. I was like, what do you mean by that? Like, were you swinging from the rafters? Was his penis double jointed? Did you have 28 orgasms? Like, what does amazing sex mean to you? Because I was certain that I wasn't having it. It was okay, but it wasn't. So I thought I'm going to start. And it was the first month of podcasting in 2005. And I thought, this is a topic that fascinates me. I'm just going to start talking to people about their sex lives and their relationships. And when I started, when I turned the mic on and invited some friends over, gay, straight, married, single, dating, dating online. And they were like, really open about their relationships. And, And I thought, this is fascinating because we never talk about it. We don't We don't ever, there's so much shame and trauma and old issues we have around sex that we just shut down and we think it should just be great relationships relationships without ever talking about it. And I realized that I wasn't alone in that. And I thought after the first few podcasts, this this is a mission. Like this is bigger than myself. This is going to help people um, feel safe and feel comfortable and eventually change the world. Because if people are happier and more connected and having more orgasms and better sex, we're going to live on a better planet. Totally agree. There's so many health benefits to sex too. So many health benefits to sex that people don't even realize that. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like if you, the more orgasms you have, okay, it boosts your libido. You're because um, the, the more sex you have, the more you're going to want it. A lot of, I hear from like a lot of women too, like all different ages, like I never want sex, but a lot of it is mental. And so the more you, you know, having sex will improve that. It'll improve your desire and improve, you know, your blood flow and all that stuff lubrication um you'll just become more like everything like exercise if you exercise once a week or five you know seven times a week you're going to want to exercise more so it's the same thing it also is good for your immune system like the more you know it kind of can defend your body against all the other kind of like germs and viruses and other things like that so it's that really works like there was studies i had a study here like um there's a certain, okay, so students who had sex once or twice a week had higher levels of a certain antibody compared to students who had sex less often. Damn. I think sex is so, I mean, there's probably so many different benefits. I mean, you're like 
coupled with another human being you're sharing their microbiome you're, yeah. you're making out you know yeah like, exactly and like it's all like spiking like your oxytocin your serotonin your yeah. dopamine all the love hormones oh are firing God. and your touch like we crave I mean there is an epidemic of loneliness right now if you haven't heard totally and a lot of that means that we're just isolating we're not touching we're not because sex isn't just about the old you know in and out I mean that's something I'm trying to change here <laughs> that people think of sex as just penetration and there's just so much more to it it's touch it's you know holding hands and kissing and kissing is like the first thing that goes in long-term relationships and you're like what happened to the make out what happened to the slowing things down and connecting so yeah is love a drug like do have you you know have it you is, heard that in a way love can be a drug is more like sex is a drug yeah but love you know they look at the brain wave patterns of someone who's falling in love and it looks it's identical to someone who's who's like doing cocaine. cocaine yeah so i think in that way we get very we can get addicted to that high and the newness and the excitement and the spontaneity and the variety that comes with a new love and a new partner is intoxicating hmm. and then after a while just like drugs you know you go back down to your baseline and then you start craving so yes it can be a drug but if you know what you're getting into and you can manage yourself manage your whole thing your body your mind and Look at it yeah. from a realistic perspective. So once you had this revelation that you weren't having, that sex was kind of like blah to you, like what, you is that when you decided to go and get your, your doctor? Yeah, so I was doing podcasts for about three years and then I realized like even though I had interviewed, you know, dozens of people and read all these books on sex, I thought I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to, well, I was doing the podcast still and I'm going to actually get into all the stuff that what don't I know about sex and so I did a, a graduate program in San Francisco and that was amazing too that was just learning more about you know our bodies and STDs and arousal cycles a history of sex and so that's what I did there wow yeah and so what was the thing that I mean I'm assuming that you're having great yes. sex these days yeah when I have sex when you have sex when I have sex it's it's a lot better than it was. It's not perfect every time, but it's, I know what I, basically what I've learned is, it's not like I learned all these fancy tricks, although I, I have learned some good things. <laughs> it's more, more that I learned how to um, be present during sex and I learned how to, I learned my own body and what I, I needed and what felt good to me because I was raised in a way or raised, I believe that it was all about my partner's pleasure first and not my own. So it was more about what he wanted and what, what what would make him feel good. And then I realized that, oh, no, actually, what I need is also important. My needs, my pleasure. So I learned that part of it. I spent a lot of time, like I always tell, you know, my, my listeners and like masturbation is it's important. It's healthy. I have to remind women all the time. Men, not as much. Yeah, we kind of do it on autopilot. Yeah, they got part. that down. <laughs> I have to be like, no, not now. We're in the grocery store. Don't masturbate. But for women, it's like. No, the more you do it, like it's self-love, like that's all real. I learned that in the moment with a partner, like I learned how to express what I need and to move in a way and how to relax into my body and have more pleasure. Damn. So masturbation is a key. Key. It's really key because we, it's so key because I used to think someday my prince will come and so will I. <laughs> and that's when it's all going to happen because I did not have an orgasm on my own. Like I, I didn't without like through intercourse. Right. Let's say. When I started having sex, I did not have an orgasm and I never masturbated. Hmm. Never occurred to me. Just didn't. It wasn't a thing. Just, my hands never. I was like, nope, didn't. And so I thought something was wrong with me and I thought 
that everyone else was, come to find out that only 20 to 30% of women actually have orgasms during intercourse. Mm. But the way we're, we're brought up in, you know, what we learn is that it's, a, and what we see in media and movies since we were kids is all about penetrative sex. Right. They fall over, women has explosive orgasm at the same time, and that's that's not what happens. It's all about the clitoris and the vulva, and all. there's all these things to know that happen first about arousal. And so um, that's what I had to learn. So anyway, I thought that that would happen, and it didn't. So I thought, okay, I'm going to masturbate, and I'm going to figure this out. Like I'm telling them, you know, and I... But that was before the show. I figured out orgasms in my before I started the show. But yes, and now I've continued to. <clears throat> so cool. Where was I? Yeah, exploring. <laughs> I'm like, what? There's so much about masturbation. I'm like, where do I go with this? Yeah. I feel like orgasms for guys are very simple. It's just like that up and down friction, right? But for women, it's, uh, you know, you can be, and cor- correct me if I'm wrong, there can be like external orgasms and there can be penetrative. Yeah. And you can be a woman that has one or the other or both. Exactly. And so it's really... So that's all the... Thi- right. So what happens is is that women... So the reason why masturbation is important, because for me, I was like, how do I do this? It is the one that most women are... The majority of women have, like on their own, let's say, is like they're riding a bike when they're eight or they're in the shower and something happens. They're like, ah, oh, they're like six for some. Is clitoral. So that's like external. There's like 8,000 nerve endings, which also go inside the vagina. So it's, um, there's internal clitoral legs, which a lot of people don't know about. It's not just the little like button, but there's like these legs that are behind the labia, and that's also internal. Whoa. I have a clitoral um, 3D clitoris I can show you here. Gotta after. see that. Wow. And so on the outside, yeah. So for a lot of women for masturbation, like that's the quick kind of, not quick, but it's it's more of a sharp orgasm. It's, um, external and then there is internal where a lot of women and that's the one that takes a little bit more exploring and and for a lot of women it might never happen during penetration and Mm. a lot of it is anatomical it's biological it's it's the way our body like there is actually um research that shows that if the closer that your clitoris is to your vaginal opening the more likely you are to have an orgasm during penetrative sex wow it's not like these some magical like it's just that's just how it is and if it's a little further um less likely to and so that all that means is that women require more clitoral stimulation all day every day so like going down on your partner using your hands using a toy is always to get you know to, to turn ourselves on and we're never we're just told a lot of it is the penis and the vagina happen. So this is something that I teach all the time. Like a lot of what I do is teaching this to to everybody, men, women, how to please themselves, to not feel shame, to ask for it. So yeah, there's so. But then internally, is the, called the G spot, but I hate that name. It's more like an area because it's just different on different women, hmm. and it helps to have a clitoral orgasm first because once you get aroused in that way. Um, and you have that orgasm, then everything else, the blood's flowing and it becomes more engorged inside and it can be easier to find it. And then for women like a finger or a toy or a penis could could help um, internally have one too. So it can be like blended. There's a lot of different, several different kinds of orgasms. Wow. But those are like the ones that people, there's nipple orgasms. That, people really? get mindgasms. No way. Yes. Wow. Yeah. There's a whole world out there. There is a whole world. Oh my God. <laughs> so So most women can have clitoral... Not yeah. every woman. Not every woman has yet had an internal orgasm. Huh. I believe that it's all connected. And I think that there's some things that women can do if they want to. I think that I don't want women to give up. Like I haven't had one. I've had sex with my partner for 15 years. I never have. We just haven't tried yet. So I think women could learn it. 
Yeah. So and how it's do women, possible. How can women learn that haven't yet had that, that elusive vaginal orgasm? Well, I think it helps to take the pressure off yourself and say that I'm going to spend some time exploring. I'm going to masturbate without the goal of orgasm. And I'm going to give myself some time to take a mirror and look at what's going down. Because so many women don't ever look. They're afraid of it. There's like um, shame or they're just like, why? Or we, I think that the, the vagina and the vulva is, there, there is a lot of shame and disregard for it in our culture. And that, and therefore women don't actually sometimes love their bodies either. Hmm. And I know men feel that way about their penises as well. But when you like look at it and you get into it and you're like, oh wow, this is pretty amazing. Oh, there's my, there's my clitoris. And when I get, when I start to touch it or I use some lube on my fingers, because lube is, that's a huge thing to, to make sure that you use a few drops because the clitoris isn't self-lubricating and that just helps too. Um, that you're like, oh wow, yeah, oh my clitoris, once it becomes aroused and everything becomes more engorged or the clitoral hood, right? You can just see how it works. You're like, oh, the labia sensitive. And you just look at all your parts and you see how they start to change and move. And, and it's really exciting that your body can do all these things. And then you could use a finger or toy. There's some great G-spot toys that are internal toys that are fun to play with and kind of experiment on your own and doing um, another great thing is to do your kegel exercises Hmm. like that is honestly a game changer and it's not and they're important for men and for women to do them as well to have like a healthy pelvic floor just like you you know exercise any other muscle everything atrophies over time but those are the same muscles that are responsible for orgasm so the stronger and you do so the more often you do them even just I have an iPhone app called Kegel Camp And you can just set a reminder twice a day to do them. And it's like the, you know, do you know, it's like the, does everyone know what they are? The pee stopping, like when you stop and start the flow of urine, you're like tense, relaxed. And you do like five minutes a day and you do it for a month. And I also have like um, uh, different toys and balls you could wear that could like speed it along that, that are cool. Like I talk about this on my show, but just be mindful of your, like love up your whole body and work it all out because we also store a lot of like, um, we can store pain or trauma also in our entire, and men too, but we, for a lot of women, if things happen to us in our life, we can store um, just bad feelings or emotions or if we've had anything happen and we just are not in touch. So the other thing is to be, is to masturbate, to be, to breathe to just give it, pay attention to it, but like don't ignore it because also what I hear from women all the time is that it's just really hard to get in the mood for sex, to be mindful, to have orgasms. But if we also, the other side of us is like, well, I don't really like my body or it doesn't really work for me or I've never really tried or paid attention to it. It's it's kind of like we're abusing ourselves, you know, in a way. So it, to learn to like see all the, ama- like women's sexuality is just this, amazing thing that we can like it's like peeling back the layers of our you know of an onion and I guess sexuality is too but this whole like you realize that you're never there's just so much to learn like kind of like how you feel about health and nutrition and once you started you're like oh wow wow whoa, whoa. like how do I even just to write a book on health and food you're like where do I even how do you wrap it all in yeah. and that's how I feel about sex there's just so much and so for women's sexuality I would love women to just and I think this is happening now I think we're at a really good time where 
the sexual health market, women's sexual health and wellness is in the forefront right now. And we're seeing so much change, like products for women and courses. And um, I think that women are feeling more comfortable about it. There's just technology for women now too, to get more in touch. It's an amazing time to be a woman. So I think going back to that, if you just say, you know what, I'm going to just give myself some time. I'm going to get to know my body. Even if you don't want to do the mirror thing and you just play with it, practice having, or I had to learn that on my own too. I didn't have one with a penis. I had to do that. So I've done this work, people. I've done it all. <laughs> and I've taught so many people and we have had millions of listeners and they're like, oh my God, I had my orgasm. So listen to the podcast or you know, read books, get research, and then just know that wherever you're at now sexually, is that's like your baseline. But most people stay there. Most people have sex the same way they did in high school mm. or college. They don't ever think, that, oh, this is something that can evolve as well. I can become more mindful with a partner, without a partner. I can have full body orgasms. I can play with toys. I can mix it up. I can bring back that variety and newness if I'm in a relationship and it's gotten stale, which happens a lot. It's going to happen, actually, in most relationships unless you put effort into it. Hmm. So there's a whole world out there. A whole world. Why? Why do you think is it cultural that women are can can be out of touch with their with their genitals? I mean, because as you were as you were talking, it made me realize that you know, like as a male, you kind of see what you've yeah. got all day, all like, day, every day, every day. But for a woman, it's you. You have to take a mirror to it. Have to. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we? Right. Mm-hmm. It's super interesting. Yeah. Take a mirror. Take a look at it. It's like. Um, because we are, is it cultural? Um, I think it's in many cultures. I think, I think that, um, where we're at now, I think that a lot of it is patriarch. I mean, men, I think there's a patriarchal society that where, where female sexuality has been, um, repressed in a lot of ways. Like we're going back, you know, thousands of years, tens of thousands of years when women were the, you know, all this stuff about the goddess and women's sexual energy was everywhere. And now it was like, you know, men, I feel like it's a scary thing because women do have so much sexual energy and power and we can like, we can have orgasms for days like tantric sex. We could have 200 orgasms at once we want. Like we could, and that's generative, right? It's regenerative to our bodies to, for the whole, so men and women's sexuality can work together, the masculine and the feminine. And so I think here we're just, what we're seeing culturally is that, that it is more about males. I think it's more about, um, uh, why do we have shame? I mean, I just think, but you, I mean, we yeah. don't yeah I just think that no one talks about it in schools we might have been okay so also we could have been shamed as children for touching ourselves maybe someone you know parents like oh just do that alone that's private that's dirty or we went grew up in a religious institution where where sex was wrong we were told if we have lust for something we're gonna go to hell or yeah. um it's it's wrong to be sexual it's just for procreation and then I think that with porn I think that that has really done a disservice there's some great things about porn I'm not like anti-porn however Ever, I do think we're at a problem. It, it is problematic when a lot of young people, the only sex they're seeing is porn. Hmm. So that's how they're learning. Like I just didn't learn anything. But with people who grew up now, they're like, every vagina vulva looks this way. This is how penetration happens. There's no lube. There's no foreplay. There's no condoms. There's no like warm up. And it were and and women's uh, vulvas that they choose to show is very. Like, we're all different. We're like snowflakes. And so I think that more that women realize it, like and learn to love it. Like we're all different, and there's no right way to be. So I think there's still a lot of just shame and there's a lot of misinformation and not a lot of corrective information so mm. like if you are just watching porn or if you're not listening to podcasts or doing your research 
um, we're not celebrating it. And I think that the oral sex, like I talked to a young woman I know and she was like, she's, she's like 20 and she was like, oh, I'm, I'm, she's in college and she's like, oh, I have a friend with benefits. And I said, okay, well, what? she was, yeah, well, I went to his house and I gave him a few blowjobs and then we rolled over and, and then she was, and it was really nice and we called it. I'm like, wait, wait, so what did you get? Like, what was your benefit? And she's like, I'm like, that sounds like a friend with a, did he go down on you? She's like, no. I'm like, well, that sounds like a friend with a deficit. <laughs> like, what is your, you know what I mean? Like, we don't, we still, she, you know, and I think also women are not told that like, and I get it, in my 20s, I wouldn't have wanted a guy, I wouldn't, maybe in my early 20s, I was like, no, it's weird. But I think understanding that sex is like, we're all giving and pleasing and giving and receiving and it's open. I don't know. It's yeah. the learning process. Something I hear from a lot of my female friends is that women tend to use sex to get a guy to like them. Which is, you Absolutely. Know, guys don't use That's sex we, for that reason. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. They get, they have sex to, they think if I give, if I have sex right now, then he's gonna, yeah, he's gonna like me and then I'm gonna put on a performance. So a lot of women have sex as a performance, um, which is what I said. I came into sex that way. Like it's about um, pleasing him or me being available. And I, I wasn't as concerned with my pleasure because it felt good. And so, um, yeah, I think that a lot of women think it's like a commodity. Like it's also the oldest profession, right? Women giving away their sexuality for goods, for services, for room and board, for protection. And I think that that still is the case. And and no, I don't think that anyone's, I don't know. I mean, I think that the more, here's the thing about sex. The beautiful thing is that when you, when you get more in your body and you realize that you are deserving of pleasure just like your partner, then you realize that there's this amazing energy exchange with whoever you're with and it doesn't become feel as transactional and that's a learning process and I think if someone's gonna like you just because you had sex with them it just I don't know I think ultimately there's other ways to get your needs met should women have sex on the first date if they um, feel if, if they, they feel if they're feeling called if, to yeah I have no judgments or I have no rules I don't I'm not a rule person so what I believe is if you're having sex on the first date because you felt you're so into this person, you were attracted and you wanted to, like you weren't pressured, you weren't like wasted and that's why um, you didn't feel like it was easier to say yes than to say no because I think I've been there too where I was like, ah, oh, it's easier to have sex with them and get over with, not, you know, than just not. Um, but for all those reasons, things are vibing and you had it and you in the morning you wake up and you feel great. You're like, that was fun. I don't care if I see him again, whatever's going to happen, it felt great. Then yes, have sex whenever you want. But if you feel like you're the person that wakes up and you have like a shame over, mm-hmm. or you over. feel guilt, yeah. or you feel like it was the wrong thing and he didn't call and you can't handle that, and a lot of people can't. It's not for like casual sex is not for everybody, even though we're in a hookup culture. So I think you got to do do your own like learning around that. Yeah. So I think it could be really empowering for women to go in and have sex and feel good and like have it. It's like tonight I went to the theater, I had sex, I had dessert. What I you know. So it depends how you look at it. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. We talked about some of the benefits of masturbation. Helps you get to know your needs, your wants. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I mean, you know, not many people. We were, t- I think, before we started rolling, or maybe even uh, during the podcast. You know, the fact that loneliness is sort of a toxin. Yes. These days, and so what if you don't have somebody to have sex with? Mm, well, that's totally fine. I'm telling you, the that's even better. If you have no one to have sex with, I think you should always be masturbating, whether you're in a relationship or you're out of a relationship, hmm. and. I think that there there are so many benefits. First of all, yeah, understanding your body. But also, it does. It improves your immune system. It does. It like ups the immune system. It helps your sleep. Um, it helps you, um, can help with uh, PMS. Wow, really? Yeah. It can huh. help with cramps. It can help with migraine headaches. 
Yeah, my producer just had vacation. She's like, I had, I had, I had, I was wondering something else I want to say here. Um, she had migraines the whole time and she was like, I had to go back to my room and masturbate. Absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. It helps you, um, it reduces stress. Like when you have an orgasm, you're less anxious. I know I am. I call it procrastination. <laughs> like when I'm really stressed, like, I'm just going to masturbate. And so I think there's a lot of benefits um, and it can also help you with sexual problems. So for guys, I think that also here's the other thing. Like, yes, like anything that feels good, you can also have, there can be a downside to it, right? If, you know, sex addiction, you know, I believe whatever you want to call it, I think that people can become, I hear this from men a lot, they become reliant on porn and mm. then it's harder for them to, to get off with a partner or raise, they keep raising the bar of how they are aroused and so then they think, oh, I can can't even you know get it on for a partner so I feel like there's something to masturbation to really being having a more mindful masturbation practice yeah where you're just focusing on what you know what feels good to you and for many men who experience any kind of sexual challenges maybe like they what we call premature ejaculation so they could actually learn their ejaculatory control I'm like showing you by like <laughs> masturbating and like till like edging is a great practice for men and for women. So you masturbate until you're about to go have an orgasm and then you slow it down again. Wow. Because then you're really, you can intensify your orgasm and you can also learn how to control it. Control it. That's amazing. Um, strengthens your muscle tones and like your pelvic floor area. It's already masturbating. And what else are the benefits? Um, They're all super helpful. This all helpful. Super helpful. Yeah. What do you think about porn? I mean, the fact that it's now become so ubiquitous. Like porn back in the day used to be, I mean, when I was growing up, I had to go out and convince somebody to sell me a magazine. Right. And then we had computers and I was looking at these like GIFs, you know, like single frame images <laughs> right. on a computer, which was like amazing because suddenly you could store thousands of images and you could just scroll through them. But now, and then the video came along and now we have high def video, which is amazing, right? But- and VR th- now. And VR is like around the pike. Crazy. Yeah. But I do think it's problematic that it's become more and more extreme. I do too. Absolutely. I think that what happens is. And no judgment if you like extreme whatever. Right. I mean, no, no judgment about any extreme, of this. Yeah. No, I, I'm concerned too because I'm there are more and more men. I have a lot of friends who are actually sex therapists who sees patients in the city and clients and stuff and they are all over and they're seeing more and more men who are coming in for um, sexual dysfunction around porn like they because what happens is the stimulation in your brain right once you you see something that's extreme and then you have to keep raising the bars more and more extreme more scenes whatever that means to you however you raise that bar and then you can no longer it's harder for you to be with someone because you're in your head you're disassociated it's a disassociation mm-hmm. from your body almost so you're watching it and then it becomes problematic to, to actually have sex so then you have to wean yourself off of it which is totally possible you can rewire your brain to do anything right so sex is the same thing if you feel like you're like you know you can just stop watching porn and go back to using your imagination go back to being in your body and feeling your senses but I do think that it's gotten to the point where you can find it anywhere at any time and since it does relieve stress and it is can make us you know why we get addicted to anything is to numb emotions that are painful yeah and so like you grab for food you grab for drugs you grab for masturbation so then eventually it becomes it it becomes you know problematic when you try to actually be with a human yeah so it's um and then for women too it's like we for young who are just learning through porn like oh i should have sex and i should just do this position or make this noise or just 
bring three friends along. <laughs> like, yeah. So that's why I think it's important for people to seek out their own information and do your research and ask questions. And my main thing is communicate with your needs and talk to your partner about it and it gets easier. Yeah. Most people don't. It's okay. If you're listening, you're like, I've never talked to my partner about it. It's okay. That's why I have a job. Many people um, will use porn to spice up, uh, you know, long-term relationships, you know, if things have gotten stale in the bedroom. What are some uh, other things that people can do? Because, you know, many many of my listeners- that's where I'm cool with porn. Yeah. To use it as like a, as a couple thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's, see, that's where I'm saying. It's like, I- I feel like it can be great for couples to be like, yeah, okay, we even if you're just together initially, you could be like, oh, let me show you something I think it's hot, and you show me what you think it's hot, and maybe we can, you know, do this scene or whatever. Like, that could be great. Yeah. So some other things couples can do. My first thing is communicate. So communication is a lubrication. Communication is lubrication. You have that, that hanging main, on your wall. I do. There. That's like my main jam. Like, if there's oh. anything, like, it could be on my tombstone. Like, if she, she died getting people to talk about sex, I will be fine, because we are terrified to talk about it with our partners um, because we don't, we're afraid of being rejected, judged, traumatized, you know, whatever it is, we never heard anyone else talk about it. But once we do, and we're just like, hey, I, and I talk a lot about this in my podcast and my radio show, how we talk about it. But yeah, the main thing couples can do is just say, hey, I love you, our relationship. I feel like we've never really prioritized sex. It's amazing. I love you. It's very positive. It's a light count where you're not blaming, you're not shaming, you're like, but I think we could, Let's go on a journey together. Hmm. Let's find some things together that could really make it interesting. So what I suggest is, I have a few tools that I think work. And just um, There's something called a yes, no, maybe list. We have one on our website you can download. Sexwithemily.com. And essentially, it's a list that you could, has like, um, you can each take it. You can take it together. It's like spanking, kissing, bondage, threesomes. And it's like a hundred things, like too many things. Things you'll be like, what the fuck is that? I gotta look it up. <laughs> And you see, you could either take it separately. I mean, I'm actually, well, I want to create something. This will make it easier. But you guys could just compare your yeses maybe, you know, read out your yeses. Or just compare like, oh, we both want to spank. I didn't know that. And it's a great way to like open, because the, the hardest part sometimes is just breaking the ice. Like, where do we go from here? So that could be like, okay, well, we're both into toys. We both want to try toys. Let's take a, uh, a trip to a sex toy store. Let's go on my website. I have a store. Let's find some things that would be hot because then, you know, you could try them out together because the thing about toys is people, again, just so people think about a lot of things with sex, they think it should be this natural coming together of the bodies without anything else. God's given gift is to for our bodies to come together and align without anything from the outside. We don't need condoms or lube. Or, it's like, no, that is just ridiculous. It's like saying we should all exercise in the new too. We don't need gear. We don't need things to improve our performance. We don't need to, no, like we, it's not that it's superior to your penis and your God-given parts, but having... Having a toy, which is something that just, it just vibrates. Nothing else will vibrate. It feels different for men and for women too. Amazing. Like different different kind of orgasms, different kinds of pleasure. And it's something that you share together. So what couples crave in long-term relationships, to get back to your question, is variety. The, that it's the same thing and the same thing over and over again. You could have amazing sex for about six months, two years, and then eventually you're going to be like, this is boring. Like if you eat the same food every day or do the same exercise, right, your muscles Stagnate. Yeah. What atrophy? Stagnate. stagnate What's it called? Probably. Stagnate, not yeah. atrophy. Well, they stagnate. Just, yeah, stagnate. Same thing over time. Your same routine. Yes. Same thing with your sex life. So if you're like, well, what could we do that's different? So we get a toy. We try lube. We talk dirty. We um, role play. 
We do the sexy stranger. We pretend we don't know each other. I mean, these things all sound, you know, we um, have sex outside. We experiment with something different. And that's typically um, just things that will take it to a, another level. And it's honestly, if there's other underlying things, though, I have to say, because again, there's people all over the board. But what I know from my listeners is that it could be one thing. Like, they're like, thank you for telling me about lube. Thank you for telling us to rope. Like it, and it's just like, they're, then they're off and running. For other people, they'll try some things and they get back into their ways, right? And it could be some underlying, you know, a lot of like two out of five women have experienced trauma, sexual trauma, and men too, that if there's something that's happened sexually, trauma in your childhood, and and you haven't dealt with it yet, it's it's it stays with you. And so we have to do work around that. You have to like, and that to me, that's therapy. It's not going to go in your own. It just over time will just exacerbate. So there's some great therapies you can do like EMDR, um, eye movement, desensitization. Um, do you know EMDR movement? It's Never therapy it. that you, it kind of rewires your brain. It goes back to traumatic events in your life. And um, they first discovered it with um, vets, um, trauma from, you know, from battle from war. And they realized that, if you relive a traumatic experience with a therapist and you're holding these little buzzing things in your hand and you're, it can kind of just rewire your brain. So there's a lot of different, yeah, it's fascinating. And so for any kind of trauma, um, and talking about it and realizing like this is not because we can also through trauma, we can shut down our body so we actually can't access emotions or feelings and be numb. So yeah, but, but essentially for couples, it's really just talking about it and agreeing that we're going to work on it and it could take some time, but willing to do the work. What do you do? What do you do if you if you're like embarrassed to to bring something up that you might want to try? Like, what if you want to try getting spanked? Yeah. Or doing the spanking, and you're like, like, "How the hell do I bring this up? Because we've never talked about it, and what if they leave me? Yeah. Because ultimately, our fear in life is not being loved and being abandoned. All of our core belief, I think, core fear. I buy that. Many. Yeah. We're not lovable, Hmm. and so sex is this thing. It's like, well, if I tell him I want to be spanked. Oh my God, you think I'm a freak. He's going to leave me. Like, what's going to happen? So my best, I've like, I guess my few tips for communicating about sex is the first thing is you want to make sure you have the conversation outside the bedroom. Hmm. So, which people think, what? That's, we're in the bedroom already. Like you cook in the kitchen. I would talk about, no. When you don't want to do it when you're in that arousal state, you're... You want to do it when you're chilling, when you're hanging out, you're, you know, having drinks, you're relaxed, you're in a good place. And you're just like, hey, babe, you know, I've been thinking about our sex life lately. That was so hot last night, the way you kissed my neck. I love when you kiss my neck. And I've been thinking that, I don't know, these fantasies, I think about you spanking me. I think it would be hot. And would you be down? Would you, would you want to spank me? And of course, I want to know what turned you on, but how would you, what do you think? <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, and I, of course, want to know what turns you on. So tell me, you know, you just kind of or that's even. Yeah, that's kind of how you do it. I like to call it. The, and also there's also a compliment sandwich approach where let's say you want something that uh, is different. Like maybe my partner, you know, is doing something I don't want or doing. I want more of something. So I'd be like, oh, great sex last night. We're making love. Something that you love about it. Right. I love the way you came home and. Um, slowly undressed me or texted me some hot thing. It was like foreplay all day, right? And I was thinking that if we um, 
that when you go down on me, <laughs> it feels so, I feel like that really turns me on. And so I feel like when you did that for a minute last night, it was amazing. And I think if you did it for like another 15 minutes, it would be crazy. <laughs> and then I think, and you compliment, like that's the middle part and the last piece of bread, right? That the bread, the bread part, you got the first thing is the opening, the compliment. Then what we want to change is like, and then I think I know that, I, I'm going to be able to even have more pleasure and we could take our sex to the next level. Something like that. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. And then it could also be, my other third thing is though, is you could just come out and say what you want. You could do the compliment sandwich or you could say, I realize we've been together for a while and we talk about everything, but we've never talked about our sex life. And I was, and people blame, I'm like, blame me. Like I was listening to this podcast. I was driving the car because I have a show on Sirius. <laughs> and this chick, Emily's on the radio and she was saying, and I thought we've never talked about it, you know? I don't even know what that looks like. It's actually really embarrassing for me now and I'm nervous. I feel my heart palpitating to even talk to you about our sex life, babe, because we never have, but let's do it. Because I want to be with you forever and I love you. And I, I don't know what that looks like, but which this chick says on the radio, Emily, they're, we could go some places together. It could be incredible. Are you in? You know? Yeah. Who does it? Like it's in, and, and I also even couples who are like, my couple, my partner says, no, they don't want to talk about it. Everything's fine. And, or I don't, they don't want sex anymore. And it's like, I actually feel it's your duty in a relationship to mind your, to mind your sex, to, to, um, to pay attention to your sex life, to mm. prioritize it. We, we, we pay the bills, we raise our children, we take care of the home, we mow the lawns, we, you know, but, but we just think sex should be this like thing that just works with like magical fairy dust and hopefully it all works out, cross our fingers, but it doesn't for most people. Yeah. I feel like it's this thing that's always like front and center at the beginning of relationships and then it becomes relegated to this like duty. Well, that's the, that's, and that's the, um, the drug part Hmm. because in the beginning is the honeymoon phase, which is actually a, it's like actually a, um, like if you study, you know, it's um, a what, what, adaptation. Adaptation. No, no. What's the word? You know, it's like anthropological, bio, um, what am I thinking? Cultural, like anthro, uh, sexual anthropology, whatever. It's, it's <laughs> I can't even say this right. It is a, it is a, a desire. So talk about how we, um, the mating period, right? Where when men and women come together, we have a baby, right? It lasts for nine months, that period, to have a, get pregnant. And the man, like, this, there's debate over this, right? But still... You could look at this and say, okay, the man, then we stay around long enough for we to give birth and then we go off and spread our seed and then I can go find another mate and stay there long enough, like six months to two years. There's some biological component to this mm-hmm. period mm-hmm. of the honeymoon phase that things are going to be great. And then for that period of time and then perhaps biologically or, you know, we are wired or just culturally we get bored, whatever. There's so many different schools of thought of what happens, but anything over time, we're going to get to a certain level of adaptation or feeling like we need to, that we're going to just stagnate. Right. And so it's always great at the beginning because of that drug element, but then it's becomes rote. It becomes boring. It becomes routine. And then we're like, well, I don't know what to do here. I think this other person is great. I'm attracted to this newness of this person. So I'm going to break up with this person and go to this person because that's new, shiny, and amazing too. Or there's a problem with my partner. I'm going to leave him. And so we don't think like, oh no, this is natural. It's like, I tell people all the time, like we prepare for everything else in our lives, right? Like when I was in San Francisco, everyone used to live there. They were like, everyone had an earthquake prepared like, earthquakes we don't know when but it's gonna happen and I'm gonna have water and I'm gonna have food I never did actually (laughs) I knew my neighbors did so why not from the first time we're with someone or the first few months start talking about it like 
what do we need? What, what are you into? I'm into this. What? So then you're like, you know, if you're dating some for a while that they don't like these kind of movies, you're not going to go to horror movies with them or you're not going to go take them on a hike because they're not hike. Well, figure this out early on. So even when it's amazing, you can keep talking about what's really working, what's not. Because the amazing part of the beginning is partially chemistry and there's some stuff, but mostly it's it's not as substantive as what could happen in a longer term or more just even a more connected um sexual relationship where there's more like more depth and honesty and texture to it yeah makes a lot of sense i have a friend who um just got engaged to a girl who is very religious and she they they never had sex she's saving herself she's a virgin she's saving herself until marriage and I don't know. I mean, my own biases came out when he told me that, and I'm like, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. No, nothing against. I hear if, this a lot. No, yeah. I, I hear. I, I this is a, it's a. Yeah, I think I think that this is really common that people save themselves for marriage, because of religion. And I think that that can work for people, many people. But I think that you got to do your work on your own. I feel like you got to figure out before you get married to someone if you are into the same kind of things. If you like the same things, you have to know your body. Do you guys communicate? I mean, sex is such a huge part of a relationship that I don't believe that you can make it work with anybody. Yeah. Like there just might be some things that you want and your partner will never be into it. And like why walk down the aisle and commit for life without finding that stuff out? What if you don't fit? And what if you don't fit? What if it hurts? What if she, like, yeah. And she, I feel like they it's a tough one, though, you know, and because the, the yeah, I mean, how old is she? Uh, I don't know. She's young. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard to get people to, to look differently at that. But what I would say is that if, if, is that there's a lot of things around sex that we, or any kind of beliefs that we hear growing up. And there's a time in your life where you get to and you think, hmm, does this still serve me? This is something that I heard growing up from church or my family, but right now where I'm at, it, it, there's a disconnect. It might not serve me in these ways. But I, yeah, I think it's important to really go cover all these things before you commit to living, to spending the rest of your life with someone. Yeah, so true. Exploring, talking. Sex isn't just about the physical act. Not only that, but like, I feel like the, the poor guy is going to have so much anxiety. Well, yeah. What the... about your, what does your friend say? <laughs> Should we call him? <laughs> Should call him stage an intervention. He's excited. No, he's been uh, texting me, trying to figure out ways of, you know, boosting his testosterone and doing all these things so that the the night. I mean, putting all this pressure on himself, really. Oh my god! Yeah. Is he already getting married? Like the invites are out. He's yeah, he's getting married. He's he seems pretty psyched no, about it's it. It's great. So he's getting testosterone. No, he'll be. Fu- he's afraid that well, here's the thing. It's going to be her first time. Right. Jesus, it's not going to be anything. Just tell him it's going to be the most forgettable sex of his life, and just focus on the wedding and all his friends and family. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not like it's like the star, the clouds are going to part and the rainbows and... What are women's perspectives? We kind of touched on it earlier, but you were saying that women don't, they've been through a lot. Everything. Everything. Many women. We've experienced penises at all stages of arousal and erection (laughs) and timing. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I mean, just like when guys have, guys can have anxiety. Yeah, you know, guys It's a big thing anxiety. for guys, and I don't want to minimize but it. women and men have performance anxiety. Women, women, in fact, men's get more pressed because men, it's obvious, like, you will ejaculate before you want to. And, and we see it, we're there, and it's like, oh, but, but mostly we're like, 
women are not tripped up on as much as men are. But the problem with performance anxiety is self-perpetuating. So men, um, it happens once, and then that could that one time could be it could be when they were eighteen or sixteen. It could be get locked in, and they're like, uh oh, it's gonna happen again. It's gonna happen. Whoop! They came too quickly. And really, that's a matter of again, it's a practice to go back in and realize that like it's okay. Like I have to be more mindful. Do the juxtaposition ejaculatory control thing edging or do your kegels and there's some other practices we have a ton of information on our site about this and then just to kind of or be on laugh be like yeah I got really excited I came to you know and then not ignore it also acknowledge it laugh it's not a big deal I'm telling you most women I know have not once but several times been with someone where this happens we expect it we're like I get it it happens but to never address it and to not say like, well, let's work on it together or let's talk about what it is, is that's when it becomes a problem. And then the guy's building up more and more. Is it going to happen? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then it keeps happening. Yeah. So um, that's, yeah, that's exactly. So I, but I have to tell you that women are not, and women are not sitting there upset because of your penis size, your, your, your performance. It's more about, um, like if they talk about anything, it's about like, oh, I wish that I felt more connection or, or wish that he went down on me or had more pl- or gave me my orgasm. I mean, women also, it's not your responsibility to give it to us. Women have to like speak up and show what they like. But I feel like, you know, I think that's more of what we hear about is like it wasn't, there wasn't enough warm up because the other thing that's really misunderstood is that men and women get turned on very differently. So you guys walk in the room, you see, you know, you're like, whoa, you're outwardly um, around. Like we know, but for women... It's our brain. Like you guys have responsible arousal. You know, ours takes a little bit more. Like we need the brains. That's to be on board. We have to like have things in place or kissing and turning on foreplay. Like not just a suggestion, like a requirement, right? Like we require it. And so if we don't have that and then you're ready to go and the penetrative sex, we're like, I didn't even know you were, like I'm not even turned on and aroused. I'm not lubricated. I'm not. And so there's just this whole educational part we have to understand that like it's not that we don't want to have sex we're just not yet and so understanding that women need a little bit more not all women every time but mostly we need some more warm-up yeah that. and so that anxiety and so women have performance anxiety too that they're in our heads and we're like well i'm not gonna orgasm or even when guys are performing or, or whoever their partner is men whoever you're with men women women you know men women and women we um have to be able to like relax into it like I know a lot of like women think like I don't want to have to ask for it or he's going down on me or touching me with his fingers and I'm nervous it's taking too long I'm not going to get there and so as a result of thinking I'm not going to get there I'm not going to get there so that's how women's um um performance anxiety shows up and so I think if we all just talked about it we're like oh I'm feeling this and then we come back to each other and we breathe and we look in each other's eyes and we just kind of make it like real-time experience then and we learn to accept each other more and just kind of not put so much pressure to be, you know, these amazing sex gods or goddesses without ever working on it. It's just... It's a lot of pressure. So much pressure. So women are like, women are like vintage cars. They need a little bit of a warm up. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we do. I like that. And men too need a warm up. Yeah, it's true. But then... Yes, we do. You do, right? <laughs> a little bit? A I don't know. Bit. It's different for everyone. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Um... Any uh, any food or we've already talked about Kegel exercises very important. Um, anything else to, su- to support our best sexual performance? 
Aside from the work, the internal work. I mean, like, yeah, I think everything. Like, I mean, the things that have the biggest impact or the the worst impact on your sexual performance is definitely like drinking, smoking, hmm. drugs. Um, um, al- you know, yeah, a lot of alcohol, like a lot of just unhealthy fats, meat, all the stuff you talk about, like all of that. If you are unhealthy in your life, not exercising, I mean, that's all going to have a huge impact. I hear from so many people who change their diet, change exercise, they live a healthier lifestyle for them, like whatever that looks like for them. And then they have more confidence and then yeah. they feel like they have better performance. So it's all tied into each other. I mean, like, can people are like, can I have celery to make my semen taste better? Can I do this or the cucumber, you know, pineapple? Any truth? Try it out. I mean, <laughs> you know what? Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know that there's any great studies on this, but I think, sure, it's better than having a cheeseburger. Yeah. I've always wondered, asparagus makes your pee smell very bad. Does it have any impact on other... I, I think it might have a little bit, but... Maybe. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, so no asparagus so, but I, on date night. You know, right. Why not? <laughs> Why not be... Yeah. Uh, just a f- just one last uh, question. Um, you talked about lube a lot. I did. And Can't help it. many lubes are... You know, they contain parabens. They contain you know, fragrances and things like that. I'm sure, because you get to try out, you know, a whole myriad of yes. different products. Any any favorite, like, product recommendations yes. for my listeners that want to, you know, avoid nasty chemicals? Yes. Okay, so I think that don't, you're right, do not buy the ones with parabens. If you don't understand the ingredients in the lube, don't buy it. Like, if there's too many, don't buy them at the drugstores. So what I suggest is, there's a few brands that I love. So there's... um. I love like water-based, like so pure, P-J-U-R, they make a water-based lube. Um, it's a naked line. It's like for women. And you can just go to our site and that's like has more like um, natural. Or, okay, here's the thing about lubes. Organic lubes are very tricky because you can't put things, it's hard to say a lube is 100% organic, although some do. Sliquid makes a good line of lube. It's harder though because you have to have ingredients for preserve to preserve the lube, right? Mm-hmm. And some people use coconut oil, but I also have a problem with that because that could also go bad and spoil. So you just have to be you have to try out different things. So let me back up. I like the water based by Pure. I like um, I like Uber Lube. It's silicone lube, but it has one ingredient, and that's just silicone. And yes, if you're super sensitive for some people that women can't work, but for many it does, and I like it because you only have to apply like a few drops. Um, because it's it lasts longer and silicone got like a really bad rap like 10 years ago and people are like oh it's bad for you but I, I haven't found that even people who are sensitive are not and then there is a brand I love called Woo More Play I'm going to give you a care package <laughs> great and it's a coconut oil but it's also it's a massage oil lube and it's delicious it's all natural ingredients it has um, hold on hold on can I take a second here yeah yeah I want to show it to you because I'm going to give you some oh man This is so fun. I'm learning. I'm learning so much. Oh, it is. Are you? I'm so glad. I didn't yeah. know what you. Okay, so I'm obsessed with this because it's um, coconut oil beeswax. Um, it is all good for you, right? Stevia for taste. So you can use it as a massage oil and a lubricant and it smells good and it tastes good and it's like you're massaging your partner and then you can have sex with it and I just freaking love it. I would say Woo More Play Coconut Love Oil. Cool. It's a great one too. 
Check Those are my out. lube suggestions, all of them. So see what you like. You can buy samples, try them out on my you know, site or wherever you buy. Is stuff. silicone condom safe? Yes. It is. Coconut oil is not. Right. So oil is not, but silicone is condom safe. It's not as great with your toys, although I use them with toys. I just wipe off the toys. I clean my toys. Smart. So I like silicone and this coconut woo craziness. You're going to get a little package when you leave. Oh, my God. i got to find somebody to, to try these Come things out Come on, Max. How hard <laughs> is that for you? <laughs> That can't be hard. Oh God, it's so hard. It's mm. so difficult. In this land. But I'm see what I see what I did there. Um, <laughs> I uh, okay. So I've got one last question for you. But before we get to that, how can listeners um, get in touch with you oh, if okay. they have further questions? If you have any question, you can always email me feedback at sexwithemily.com. Um, people can send them through Instagram or I'm, I'm, I'm at sexwithemily on all social media. I have a podcast that releases three times a week. So wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find that. I do a show on Sirius XM five nights a week. It's Monday through Friday on um, Stars 109 from 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific. And um, everything's at sexwithemily.com. So dope. And you have a book. Oh, I have a book called Hot Sex. It's a great book. Over 200 things you can try tonight. Yeah. The photos themselves (gasps) are... They're great because they're not so... We took like photos of people having sex and then illustrated. Illustrated them, yeah. Yeah. They're beautiful. Yeah, right. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you like it. That that book will give you some ideas. Well, okay, great. So yeah, to go back to your question, people love this book because if you're in a relationship, you said spice it up, you open it to any page and you're like, oh, let's try this tonight. It could be a position or for some kind of, yeah. It's great. It's good Thank also you, to have Max. on your coffee table. Like it's when a my, good conversation starter. I have it on my coffee table when guests come over. It's we look at it together. It's super <laughs> awkward, but it's uh, it's it's <laughs> See, nice. See, it makes yeah. it less awkward. Though. Yes, exactly. Yeah, making sex less awkward. That's that's what I'm trying to do here, Max. You're doing Just a good trying job. Trying to do it. Thank you. All right, Dr. Morse, Emily Morse, so great to chat with you. Uh, what does it mean to you? This is a more philosophical question. Take it wherever you'd like. Okay. To live like a genius. Mm. What does the genius life mm. mean to you? a great question wow um genius life I try to live I mean I really just try to uh I really always try to be the best um version of myself and to I do I'm never done I'm I'm humble in the sense of like I'm always I feel like I'm always learning and I'm never done I always have a beginner's mind in every moment, whoever I'm meeting, wherever I'm going, and I'm, I try to be as present and open to experiences as I, as I can and let go of expectations. And I believe that like one of the greatest things where I feel the most genius and connected is when I'm with, when I'm, I don't know, meeting and connecting with other people without judgment, without, I don't know, I think just showing up present wherever I go without expectation is how I feel. I love that. That's beautiful. The most genius. I, I thought you were just going to say have, have more sex. Well, you know what's so funny? I was like, no, I'm going to go off on your genius thing here. And yeah, have more sex. Have more self-love. So even if you're in a relationship, like just because I don't want to pressure people. Like they're not, can't find someone. You're there. We, You are there and self-love is the greatest gift. When people say self-love, like it could be a massage. It could be a new Gucci bag. It could also be uh, holding a mirror up to yourself in all ways. Love that. All right, guys. Well, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I value your time and attention. Share this episode. Post it up on your Instagram stories. Tag your favorite quote from Dr. Morris or I. Spread the word about what we're doing here at The Genius Life. And I will catch you on the next episode. Now go masturbate. Peace.